Welcome to Where Will You Go, the FBC Tullahoma Missions Podcast, where we ask our members and our listeners the simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the kingdom of God and the gospel message of Jesus Christ from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth? In today's episode, we're going to be interviewing a friend of mine, and he is a friend that you as a church have been praying for as we go through our Plus One Prayer Guide. You may see his name, his family's name pop up periodically. We're going to be talking to Ryan Powell. We hope you will stick around and be challenged and encouraged to consider where you will go and how you can be a part of the mission. We have joining us in the pod today friend of mine by the name of Ryan Powell. He's going to be sharing with us a little bit about himself. We hope you'll enjoy our time together. Ryan, welcome to the pod. Hey, good to be here. Thanks, Kevin. Can you give me a quick introduction and our listeners a quick introduction on who you are? Just just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. My name is Ryan Powell. Let's see, I'm from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, born and raised there. Um, a little bit about me, I guess. I, I heard the gospel for the first time when I was in high school. I was not raised in a Christian home. Uh, didn't really have any concept of the things of God until a youth pastor who began working at my local high school, just kind of uh, helping out with the football team, helping out with the wrestling team, uh, just basically was a, a, an everyday presence there. And uh, one day I uh, was getting in trouble at school and they were sending me home, so he caught me at my locker uh, when I should have been at wrestling practice. He said, uh, what's going on? Why are you cleaning out your locker? I said, well, they're sending me home for a few days. And uh, he said, well, before you go, why don't you sit down here and, and, and speak with me? And I said, sure. Uh, he obviously knew it was a downtime. I was not too happy about the situation. But um, this youth pastor set me down and he pulled out a, a gospel track, you know, the from the Navigators, mm. where there's two mountains across in the middle. So the only way to God is through through the cross. And uh, anyway, that image was kind of imprinted on my brain at a very well, about 17 years old. So I began to get a, a basic understanding of, of what the gospel was. Um, but at that time, I, I didn't respond. He sat with me for three hours, wrote his phone number down, and I, I remained in contact with him. And he continued to minister to me as I returned back to high school. Um, it wasn't until after high school I joined the United States Coast Guard. I did four years in the Coast Guard. And in my third year is when the Lord convicted me of my sin and my need for him. And um, that was when I, I repented and placed my trust in Christ. That was October 3rd of uh, 1999 in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, after God saved me, I, I uh, finished my year in the Coast Guard, finished my four-year term, and I went to Oklahoma State University, where um, I pursued a degree in secondary education, emphasis on biology, and I became a um, high school biology teacher and the head wrestling coach and football coach at a local high school in Tulsa. And I did that for five years. And um, really, um, after those five years, I, I began church ministry as well. I was a, a youth pastor at a local church there. 
so that gives you a little bit of my, my background and how I came to know the Lord and um, how I came to find a career. But um, other than that, I've got six kids, been married for 18 years. Um, yeah, so um, busy life, um, but filled with God's grace. Well, I learned something. I didn't know you were a wrestler, number one, and I definitely didn't mm-hmm. know you were a biology major. You taught me something today. So, but we we both have yeah. a quiver full of of kids, and that's that's a blessing too. Um, so I know you've made a transition recently, but tell us a little bit about what you've done up until this transition, and how you got to where you have been over the past several years. Well, you know, like I said, I I was I was a biology teacher and. And, and coaching and, and really enjoying life. Um, but at the same time, one of the things I didn't mention was that when God saved me, I just had a tremendous desire to make him known to whoever would listen. So, you know, just a natural thing when someone becomes a believer, you, you want to tell the people that you love the most. And so you start with your family members and then from that point, it was like, you know, I, my friends, and then I wanted to tell the people about Christ that were just like I was before October 3rd in 1999, just dead in my trespasses and consuming uh, things that uh, were contrary to the things of God, pursuing things that were never going to satisfy my longing soul. Um, I wanted to minister to those people. And so... I ended up returning to the bar that where I spent my last night as a non-believer, and I began sharing the gospel with people outside of that bar on Friday nights hmm. uh, in Tulsa, and I did that for I want to say seven years. Wow! Where I every Friday night, and from that point, I began to build teams of evangelists. I would train people on how to share the gospel with people outside of bars, street evangelism. Um, and that from there, it kind of began a local ministry. Um, I just, I just caught the fire of just local evangelism. So we would start outside of that particular bar. And one day um, I received an invitation to a Jehovah witness, Jehovah's witness conference. Um, downtown. It was in the newspaper. It said Jehovah's Witnesses Conference, everyone invited. So I took that as an invitation and I was outside of the convention witnessing the Jehovah Witnesses until the until the event started and then there, there was no one out there. Mm-hmm. So I began walking back to my car and I see this tremendous line of about 150 people and I'm like, what is this all about? And it was just a captive audience just standing there. Well, it was right outside of the Tulsa courthouse. And when I began to inquire, like, why, why is everybody waiting in this line? They were there for jury duty. Every Monday morning at 8 o'clock, there would be this tremendous line of people lined up for jury duty. <laughs> and so I began preaching to the crowd there um, that morning. And then I came back the next morning, and for the next five years, we uh, did kind of a uh, open air preaching campaign with uh, members of my church every Monday morning, preaching the gospel to those who would listen. So that was an exciting thing. Um, 
my point though is that when God saved me, I first had this desire to make him known. And then that desire extended from my family to local ministry to eventually to the nations. Because one day I ended up, uh, I just finished uh, a master's in school administration. I was going to be a principal. I'm a, I'm a certified Oklahoma school administrator. And I thought, this is where the Lord is, is leading. I was interviewing for positions. But when I went to the admissions conference from my home church, and I began to hear about the need for global evangelism, to make Christ known in places where uh, the gospel is not present, that was when I just I couldn't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was a God had work in my heart locally. To now it had evolved to a more global desire to make Him known. Uh, so my wife and I, we began praying and seeking God's will. And if, uh, if global missions was, was where he was leading us, it, it didn't make sense at that time. But, um, but I was willing at that point. And I certainly had the desire to, to do those things. So over a period of time, um, you know, I, I met with my church elders and, and we talked about it. Um, they helped me uh, to gain more education, but this time it was theological education. And um, after that, I applied for a mission agency and uh, to a mission agency, and then they sent me to France, where I was a church planner there, uh, and have been a church planner there for the last ten years, from 2010 to uh, 2020. So in 2020, all right, so you were a church planner in France um, for about 10 years. And mm-hmm. just give us a little snapshot of what that, what that looked like there in France. What, what was it like? What was your ministry like there? It was great. Uh, we moved there. We moved to the Alps, the French Alps, in 2010 to learn the language. I spent eight months studying French full-time. Um while we continued to adapt to the culture and, and reach our neighbors for Christ. Um, and about eight months later is when I received a call from a national pastor in Versailles, France, who was looking for a missionary to work alongside him to plant a church in Versailles. And so I met with him. Uh, I, I, I took a train down for a weekend and had a hamburger with this guy. And I think he only ate a hamburger with me because he knew I was American. <laughs> and they think that that's all that we eat is hamburgers and drink Coca-Cola. So uh, that's what I did. Go figure. And after that weekend, it was to me, it was just clear that the Lord was leading us to Versailles to plant a church with a French national. So we did that. Um, and the Lord blessed our work there. Um, after seven years, we had, Roughly 60 members. That's a mega church in France. We had roughly 60 members. We had established leadership. They were self-sustaining. Um, and so we moved on. Um, we moved on to a church revitalization work, not far, about 15, 20 minutes outside of Versailles, um, where we did that for two years, helped this church that was not doing well get reestablished in their leadership. And we did leave that church in capable hands when we departed. 
and then afterwards, we were involved in an international church plant right in the heart of Paris. And, and there's much to be said about that, but that's just kind of in a, in, in summary, we were involved in uh, two church plants and the revitalization work in the last 10 years. Well, let's just take one moment to be reminded of what this music means. This music means I'm going to remind you one more time this month of the book of the month that if you're considering full-time missions, if you're considering going overseas for any length of time, you want to pick up a copy of Mission Smart by David Frazier. You want to read it with your team. You want to answer those questions at the back of each chapter. You want to digest that, process that, pray through that. It will help prepare you and help you sort through what you need to sort through as you think about and pray about and consider long-term missionary service overseas. One more time, we want to recommend to you Mission Smart by David L. Frazier. If you haven't picked up a copy of that book, I want to encourage you, get it today. Read it alone. Read it with your team. Ryan, I'm seeing a little pattern here, and it, it's intriguing to me as we think about missions as a church and, and through a local church that you were lost, you were encountered, encountered by some church's youth pastor who invested his time in a school and in you, and then through your church that you got plugged into, you uh, began to exercise your passion to see people coming to faith outside of the bar at jury duty and other places, and then a missions conference in your church stirred you to meet with the pastors, the elders of your church who encouraged you and sent you out through a missions agency to France. I just see I just see involvement on so many levels of so many people, and now you spent a decade in France, and you're back in the U.S. What are you doing here in the U.S.? What, what, what brought you home? What's the reason you're here, and what are you doing? Okay, uh, good question. I, I work with uh, today. I, I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we moved here in August of 2020. And I work for an organization called Reaching and Teaching International Missions, uh, or International Ministries. Now, Reaching and Teaching is committed to making mature disciples, establishing healthy churches, and training local leaders. So when I heard that, when I heard about Reaching and Teaching and, and what their, their mission was, it was just something that I was extremely excited about, and partly because while I was in an international church plant, now the international church plant in, in Paris ended up being an English-speaking organization, or mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, an English-speaking church, which to me, I just thought, well, that's not necessarily what I want to do. I just spent a lot of time in, in, the lang- in the French language and investing in the French culture so I'm not really sure I want to transition to that, but that was where the Lord was leading us. Now, when I, I got excited, though, when I suddenly realized that these international churches are attracting people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I was able to minister to individuals within just four months. We had 30 different nationalities walk through our doors. And so... That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So now what's happening through that international ministry is that 
we were not just reaching France with the gospel. We were reaching literally the nations for Mm -hmm. Christ by ministering to people from all over the world where I could not go, but they were going to return after a short period of time. So I guess what happened at that point was this growth from, I I want to see the gospel spread in France because they're less than 1% evangelical. Um, I want to see French members come to know the Lord. But at the same time, it's like, not just for the French, I want to see the world worshiping before the throne of God. Um, And through that international church plant, I was able to do that. So essentially what I did with reaching and teaching is I learned that reaching and teaching, though, was committed to making the gospel known to the nations by investing in national leaders from all over the world. And frankly, that's what I wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So I began to pray about it. My wife and I began to pray about it. And we went with reaching and teaching, and we transitioned over to them because we wanted a global ministry as opposed to just specifically focusing on the French. So now you've transitioned back to the states. You're working with reaching and teaching, which now enables you to be a part of strengthening churches primarily by investing in local leaders. So that would be indigenous leaders. That would be pastors, teachers, and leaders. Mm-hmm. And and your primary focus in that is West Africa. Is that correct? Yes. So yeah, it turns out that I still need French, which is which is good. I want to mm-hmm. continue to use it. Right. But yeah, it's now we're focusing primarily on Western Africa, French-speaking countries there. Um, however, you know, um, I'm permitted to go wherever there's where there wherever there are training opportunities. So I still have the privilege of going to South America, Asia, all parts of Africa, and even parts of Europe as the Lord opens up those doors. So as you, as you focus on training these leaders, what, what does that look like? Give me a brief snapshot of what you'll do in West Africa primarily when you have an opportunity to go in and train some pastors. Okay. What it typically looks like as a, I, I am my official title is a training facilitator. So that particular role is focused on reaching uh, international, or excuse me, local believers and pastors there with sound biblical theology. And so I identify some of these sites where there is a, a need, and then after we identify those sites, then I will go and meet with some national pastors and leaders and begin to do a three-day fundamental course on, on the truths of the Scriptures, the foundational elements of the Scriptures. After those three days, that's, that gives me an opportunity to discern, like, okay, uh, are we like-minded? Is, are they receiving this training well? Is this something that we can do? Um, and then I go back and we debrief with the rest of the crew, and um, we begin to set – and if it's a viable opportunity, then we come back for nine teaching modules, um, over a three-year period. So three times a year, we will return to that particular country and teach three particular modules. That consists of like Old Testament, New Testament, hermeneutics, uh, church planning, evangelism, just, uh, just, 
fundamental elements that yeah, these local pastors and nationals need. And what you do when you do that is multiply your influence because now these pastors, these leaders, number one, they're influenced, they're taught, they're grounded, and then they go back and they communicate that, that to their churches in hopes that healthy churches are formed all throughout West Africa, ultimately to the ends of the earth. Ryan, how how can we pray for you? Our church prays for you periodically. Uh, we have a system of praying for different friends, different missionaries. Uh, what are what are your needs? What are some things we can pray for as we wrap up our time today? Well, thank you for asking. I I I would appreciate prayers for open borders. Um, right now, there's a lot of places that are um, wanting to continue their training, but we are not permitted to go there because the borders are closed. So open borders would be a big prayer request. Um, personal safety as we go along, there are certain places right now, like in Nigeria, it's just not wise to go there at this point. So, um, And then in some of the places that we are currently going, um, we just pray for the Lord's protection over, over us during those times because it's um, it, many of these countries are unstable. Mm-hmm. Um and also just one of the things that we do when we go into these countries is we try to get local churches to adopt these, these national pastors and leaders by committing a team to go and, and teach these modules to them. So right now I'm, I'm working with several churches that are about to come along with me on some of these trips. And, and I would appreciate prayer as I, as I lead them and that I can be a continued encouragement to these teams that are going over there. And at the same time that these individuals that are going over, just they get a, a, a deeper understanding of what God is doing on a global scale. Okay. Ryan, thank you for joining us in the pod today. Let me pray for you and we'll wrap up our time together on our podcast for FBC missions. Um, God, we thank you for Ryan. We thank you for his family. We thank you for his ministry uh, throughout the years uh, of evangelism, street preaching, church planning, church revitalization, leadership, and now God as a training facilitator for reaching and teaching as he seeks to influence and engage West Africa with solid biblical teaching. God, we pray that you would open the borders for all of us, God. We seek to be free again. We took for granted so much prior to 2020. God, we pray that you would open those borders. We pray that you would provide personal safety for those that do travel, protection over them, that you would stabilize um, this globe so that we can get your gospel out. And God, as Ryan trains these teams of, of pastors and teachers, we pray that you would equip him to equip them, and God, that you would even raise up more, uh, more people, more pastors, more teachers that would be willing to invest their time in the nations by communicating to them the truths of your scripture. God, we we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up another episode of Where Will You Go? The FBC Missions Tullahoma podcast, where we ask the simple question, where will you go? I want to challenge you. Stop by that missions hallway at FBC Tullahoma. Check out the maps. Check out the kiosk. Check out how you can be involved, how you can pray. And listen, download on your phone, download on your phone the Joshua Project app and begin joining us in prayer for the unreached. It's called Unreached of the Day. Download that on your phone. Read those notifications. Pray for the unreached. 
And let's continue to pray for Ryan and his family as they seek to fulfill their role as training facilitator for reaching and teaching. Until next time, God bless.